So yeah, we had a, a we, well, we, we have a direction for all these. They're well planned. But this morning we kind of at breakfast had an interesting conversation that I thought would be a, a place to start today, which was just how this entire process has been kind of for y'all, right? Like the first time you guys have kind of opened up this whole story in the fashion that we're doing it. And we're kind of right in the middle of it. And um, it's, been a, it's been a hard week, right? Other than today. Couple weeks, right? It's been a hard week outside of today. Yeah, so you know, however many weeks we're into this three or four, recording has been great. The residual coming off recording has been extremely difficult and didn't at first understand what was going on. So trying to process through it because things were feeling really hard. Things at home were difficult not because of any external anything, but it was more just the things we're talking through and the, the weightiness of it. Levied against us is difficult, difficult to bear. And I was having some, I guess we both are, but different. They look different. Yeah. What do they look like? Yeah, so I noticed I was extremely attuned to any kind of injustice, whether what I was listening to or witnessing. And I think that's just all a backdrop of walking through these things verbally of just, my son's not here and he should be, and that's not right. And I can't, there's nothing I can do about that. So if there's something else that pops up either media I'm consuming or in the world that I'm walking in, if I get a whiff of injustice, I want to bend that to my will. You should expand, though, too, on the part of like what you shared, just wanting to fight for your son and not getting to. Because I think that's like when you say injustice, like that is when you shared that for me, that made so much sense that I hadn't I don't think fully understood before. Like the reason you want to fight against injustice is the fight you didn't get to have. Yeah, so in some sense, I had it, but I mean, God made me as Abram's daddy. He gave me Abram, and as a God-given good thing, I mean, as his daddy, I, I will protect him, I will fight for him, I'll lay down my life for him, and I didn't, I couldn't do that for him. I couldn't, I couldn't stand in that gap for him, and I, I don't regret, like, a lack of effort or what I was doing, but I wanted to be that for him. I say, Lord, take me. I say, you're a boy. You take me. You don't, you don't take my son. And I, di- I didn't, I couldn't do that. That's not how it went. And due to that, there is, I mean, there's a bunch of things that hurt me when I consider Abram's loss and all that entails. However, the two or three things I circle back to the hardest is I was not able to do that for him as his dad. And I desperately wanted to. And so going through our recordings, grateful to do this. However, the cost is, it's weightier than I anticipated just with the residual of our day to day. And just bringing it all to mind, it's, it's heavy on me. Maybe on us both. Yeah. But it makes me want to fight and makes you cry. Yeah. You can talk about you, but. Yeah. I think for me, it's just been interesting. I 
I mean, full disclosure, did not want to do this. <laughs> like, I mean, just for me, I, I am bent towards wanting comfort. And so for me, like, I would have these moments with the Lord of really like mourning Abram and like, I mean, just having it all out with him. But at the same time, like voluntarily entering into this is hard. And so I was very hesitant. So I do think to some degree, we talked about this in counseling actually last week, I came in with such low expectations of like, I don't want to do this, but the Lord has clearly been like, you need to do this with your husband. Like this is a vision that I've given him that you are part of. And so can't argue with that. And so did it anyway. But I think because my expectations were so low, I was like, I I just was like, this is going to be bad. Like, it's not going to be good. This is going to hurt. And it has, but I will say for me is definitely overflowed. And I've been very sad, but almost in like, for me, it's been a therapeutic, like, it's just been different because I don't, I think you were more surprised. And I think I had such low expectations of like knowing it was going to be bad. And then it has like, what happens is like we come in and we do this. And honestly, there's this like sweet sweetness afterwards where I just kind of feel this high of like, like we shared our son's story. Like we did what the Lord asked us to do. Like this, there is a goodness and it is it's a good thing afterwards. But yet there's like three days of whiplash where it's like, I mean, I just cry a lot and I don't like to cry. I don't like to cry on people. I don't like to cry on podcasts. I don't, I don't like to do that unless it's just me and the Lord and sometimes Jack. Like that is not the way I'm wired. And so I have noticed a bigger whiplash of like, I have this app on my phone and pictures pop up and just stuff and it'll take one picture and I'm done. And yet there's a part of me that like, for me at least, I think that that has been a good thing. Like it is a good, right thing to be sad. Like I am sad. And so to sit in those feelings more than what I am wired to naturally, like I want to avoid, I want to distract, I want to whatever, but I can't. Like when I sit here and talk about my son for however many hours with y'all, like I can't not replay all the things we talked about afterwards and remember things that sometimes I hadn't really thought about in a while. And so there's a sweetness there. And I think for me too, like there's been a really cool aspect of like sitting across from y'all with Jack, because I think he shares things based on the questions that you ask that I was not privy to before. Like I didn't, I mean, there's been every time we've left here, there's something that I learned about my husband in this grief process. And ultimately today, like my hope is that this podcast absolutely can, if it's one person, help them and encourage them in a dark night. That is the goal. Like that's what we want. But at the end of the day, too, like, I think the Lord has been really gracious to be like, hey, like, this is also for you, like, to know him better, to see him better, to understand parts of grief that we have done very differently, and yet to see it in a different light than I think I had originally. And so that has been a gift, too. But yeah, like, there, there's absolutely repercussions. So I'm coming in really sad, and you're a little fiery, and... On the last, that's our whiplash. And those things don't always tend to go great because when someone's really sad and sensitive and then someone's like a little fiery, it's not ideal, but yeah, we're I figuring think the, it out. The image that, or the imagery that came to mind this morning is like this whole journey is like a hall with so many rooms, right? Or the, the journey with Abram and his story and his story with you guys and, and yours with his is like a long haul with many rooms. And throughout the journey, some of those doors have been open, some have been cracked, some of them you've been able to kind of open at your leisure. And then through this process, it's like, we're just flying all of them open kind of thing. Yeah. And and seeing yeah. what's there kind of all over again, you know? Um, or it'd be like, uh, 
we talked about a war veteran that that has gone to battle and lost a friend and he's telling his story you know and he's going through that story all over again and it's incredibly painful and so yeah and watching it watching him tell it is exactly how you described it like oh my gosh you feel alive you feel encouraged you feel like gosh we're getting to tell like this is what god asked us to do and we did it right and then afterwards you're like God, well, that's yeah, like it's t- like the worst thing ever. Yeah, because what you're doing in that in the telling of the story, it's like I, I was to use like the the war veteran analogy. I was thinking, I was like, I can watch that like as just a person, and and I'm like, man, it's amazing that people <laughs> go through a thing like that and can make it on the other end of it, right? And that's how I'm just as a normal person that has not suffered like that and observing that, but somebody else who has suffered like that is observing that radically differently, and they're watching. Uh, and gaining comfort and finding camaraderie and um, not being aloneness by watching someone else tell that story and wade through that process kind of thing. And so it's, it's, it's interesting the different types of audiences this thing could interact with and how people will latch on to it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was an interesting thing that we were talking about this morning. I was like, I, we should just talk about that. What it's like to reopen this story up and, and in some sense rediscover some of it and go through it in a, in a completely different yeah. way. You know? Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things is because you walk so much with us during it. Like, you bring up stuff that I I literally had not thought about since when it happened. And that's been actually, it's been, that's been a gift. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I don't know, it's good to think through it. So, yeah, I, I didn't have a, as far as this being a cathartic process or I, I didn't have that vision. I knew it would be hard, but I felt compelled, even burdened to do it. But I did not anticipate the repercussions outside of being in this room. And that, that has been overwhelming. And we'll talk more about this later in like grief, but I mean, there's the analogy I use, like just kind of setting up bumpers, like in a bowling alley to kind of help just make it right. And my normal bumpers for making it right now aren't good enough. And it was really, is giving me a real sense of panic of, oh no, you know, I've, I've spent almost, it's almost been two years since Abram's passed and been developing what, what helps and then get to a place of, oh no, like the things that have helped are not helping. And that was terrifying. And by bumpers, you're talking about things that you have done throughout this journey to to literally stay alive, right? Correct. Survival things, Correct. Uh, whether it be working out, reading, spend time with people, whatever the thing is. Yep. And you've kind of sought out to sought those things out as the season has kind of ebbed and flowed. And then you're feeling it right now and you're like, those things aren't working right now, man. Right. And they've worked it, it, to some degree kind of thing to kind of keep me above water and they're not working this week. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the, the working out, the meeting with friends that are trusted, safe places, counseling, even processing with good cries have all, have all come up short. Like I just, in counseling uh, this week, and that she described it as, I just feel like you're just ready to fight. Like you're in like a boxing ring, ready to just cut loose. And that's the way I feel. And I don't like that because that comes out on my wife, on my kids, the people closest to me. And it's, it's an unrestrained monster. And so I, I I don't want that for the people I care the most about. And it's been difficult to 
deal with that because I'm so, I mean, my, my soul is just inflamed and it's, it's been the normal things that will temper that have not. And it, it, it has been scary. It's interesting to think there's a place, like there's a, a place in grief that is, that is unbearable, right? That like is too much for a person to bear. And yeah. what you're describing is throughout the process, you, you're it, within reason, you're trying to govern that and feel what you can, when you can, with whatever you can, and then right now it's, yeah, it's a lot, right? And so we even talked about, do we space these differently? Do we not do them every week? Do we do them every month? And, and at this point we've talked about continuing to do what we're doing, yeah. you know, until something changes, but. Yeah, I don't anticipate relief until we're done. Fortunately, unfortunately, you know, so. And, and the goal is not my relief, but <laughs> I just did not see this hit me in the face like it has. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I just think even someone listening to this, it's like on the side that we're at, not just like with a kid that's still sick or whatever it looks like, but like hopefully that makes them feel more sane. Like it's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. And it, It's uh, normal. And we say this a lot. Like he's he's worth, Abram is worth missing. Yes. He's worth hurting for. Uh, but when we say that, I say that with like, well, I can kind of measure that and control what, how that hits, and I have not been able to control At least at that. the point we're at. I don't think we could do that at all the first year. I mean, to a degree, but there is a truth with distance the further out you get of you never don't feel it, but there is more control around when you're going to let that out. Correct. If that makes sense, I think. And I think doing this unhinges that. Yeah. So. Well, in that spirit, let's reopen something. <laughs> what's uh what's the what do we have for today well y'all keep y'all keep hitting on it and it's the <laughs> how different both of you and it's so it's marriage mm-hmm. right it's marriage yeah marriage yep marriage yep and so it's like it's like a it's like you, I love that you did that yeah well it's too bad <laughs> but it's like you like i mean i yeah you i mean it was Every day, to we're like, well, I'm feeling this, and this is what I'm going to do. And then she's like, nope, that's terrifying for me, or just the opposite. And so I think it'd be good to kind of speak and talk through, like, man, how difficult it was to try to get on the same page and do it together. But You're two different humans. Golly, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, so we wanted to hang out here for a minute. Divorce rates for sick kids is high. Whether they live or not, like it, right. it's very high. It's, it's high. And we would definitely not say <laughs> we aced it. That's not, that's not what we're saying. However, I, I remember at first when Abram was first diagnosed, I was like, that's crazy to me. I don't understand how anybody could get divorced. Because I was like, just legit, even like logistics, like everything's so nuts. I need her so much. But after going through everything with Abram and then even post his passing I'm like oh yeah I get it yeah like I understand I completely how uh, a marriage could fall apart so quickly and how so well where to start um <laughs> yeah so I mean the the first is a couple things come to mind the grind of treatment is unreal I mean and it's it's hard I'm not, I don't even think I'll try and describe it because if someone's in that spot, they know it. And if you haven't been it, you don't know. You don't know. And you rightfully so 
as the parent are giving everything you have for your sick child. So that does not leave very much, if anything, for your spouse. And so very quickly, especially if you're getting bad news, hard updates consistently. Which is like, a lot of our story. Yeah. Yeah, and we we didn't get we didn't get good news until about a year in, and then we got started. We had one time of good news. Yeah, we had neutral. It was neutral. It wasn't bad news. Then we had one good, and the rest were bad. So there were some things that we. I mean, first of all, we had a great pastor leaning on us to connect in in whatever ways we could. That was such a gift to be told that from the very beginning. Yeah. So date nights, as crazy it was, were still pretty regular. They were more regular, I think, than they were before because yeah. we had family all the time. We had amazing family come help us literally care for other kids and care for Abram. I mean, we realized that was a gift and I, I know everyone doesn't have that, but like what we had between parents that came literally, whether they're being in the hospital with Abram, whether they're being at home with the other kids so that we could have time so that together with Abram or however that looked. But the gift in that is like, I mean, financially, for a long time, we just didn't go on dates a whole ton be- just because it's expensive. You have to pay for a sitter. You're going out. Like, that was just not something that, I mean, we always did it, but it was not our number one priority. But I think we started doing it significantly more when Abram was sick because we had free babysitting. And so we would go on a date, like, every chance we got. And it was, I think, one of the best things that we did. And we did that because, I mean, Jason, our pastor at the time that came out to the hospital was just he encouraged it, and I don't regret that at all. I mean, that was... Yeah, that was huge. One one of the things we had to relearn was how to communicate. Mm-hmm. In our marriage relationship prior to this, we were very open about everything with one another. Yeah, like full... Yeah. There just wasn't lines, which is... I, I think that is rare to some degree, and yet that's all we knew. Yeah, so we're, we're both oldest in our sibling group. Two oldest children. So we're both used it's to good. getting our way, <laughs> which is awesome. Super fun in marriage. But we're, we're not the couple that things get swept under the rug and not no. talked about. They they get talked about right then. Right Sometimes then. not in the best way. Yeah. Mo- probably most, most of the time not in the best most way. Most of the time. Yeah. But it's, it's all going to be out there. But I do think, I will still say, I would still choose that over them burying stuff. Sure. Not that How? we couldn't always do it better, but. Right. But the point being is when Abram was diagnosed, we could not continue in that yeah. that same rhythm. I, I didn't want to know the odds. I didn't want to know what happens to most kids with neuroblastoma. I didn't want to know. So for her to share, hey, I'm worried about this, and this is what I read today, just killed me, just crushed me. And it would it put me in a spot I couldn't I couldn't bear up under. Is this something you guys talked about and bumped into and had a conversation? It wasn't until Jason stepped in because, I mean, our whole marriage, that's all we knew was being completely honest. So this is the first time I think we saw just this war again, this whole thing blow up of like, this wasn't working with communication. Because for me, I want to know everything. And and for me, there really is peace there because I'm like, if I know worst case scenario... Like, I know for some people that's not good. Like, it, it genuinely, like, the more I really, like, dove in and looked at, like, okay, what is my heart in this? Like, and it really was good for me to know this is worst case scenario. These are the options if we get this situation. And, like, I I found comfort there because I'm, like, I could kind of go there and be, like, okay, God can carry me through this. God can carry me through this. Like, and then having a plan. I just, 
that was good. For him, that is not. Like that was, until the Lord says this is going to happen, I don't want to go there. Like that that wasn't helpful. Yeah, for me it didn't help to it was not good. think about what ifs and maybes. And yeah. I was like, well, he, so he's, we're just, he's right here today. And that's yeah. all, I don't care what anybody else says. This is where he is today. So we're on fire and trying to communicate and it was not good. And it was really, I mean, it was Jason Hallman, like stepping in and being like, hey, like, sister, like, I think he just needs to not hear this thing. That's okay for you to do. But like, I mean, he's the first person ever that I've ever talked to. It's like, hey, there actually probably needs to be a boundary here in your marriage. And I'm like, well, but this has always been a good thing. And yet, and it is like, that is a good gift in this season. It was not where we needed to be. And so there needed to be some healthy walls to a degree where I would read about stuff and I'd have other people I can go talk to about them, but like, it couldn't be him. And that, because I needed that still, like I still needed to share with other people like, hey, like these are what I'm processing. This is this. And big stuff I would still take to him. Like Ultimately, there's going to be hard conversations. And yet the what ifs was something I learned to not talk about anymore with you. Yeah. So I'm doing the best I can to hang in there. So for her to tell me about the what ifs and maybes not was good. terrifying to me. And it, it put me over the edge of what I could handle. I mean, I, I could handle today, but I could not handle, well, if this happens and then that means we got to do this and then we got to do this and then that means this isn't going right. And I just, I could not contain my brain in a way that, I mean, I would, I, I was just, I was going to fall, I was falling apart. And I think it was really helpful when we started implementing that. Yeah. Like I, I stopped and it was, and I'm thankful for that advice that we got because we just didn't even understand, like at the time, the disconnect because it was so foreign and how we operated. So, yeah, yeah, that was probably the first biggest thing. And I really think we did pretty good at that point until he got put on hospice. Like, I think we coasted through that fairly well. I mean, marriage, marriage isn't easy and you're in that. Like, I mean, like what you said earlier, like I'm at the hospital for extended periods of time, like. I mean, sex, all that stuff. Like, that, that is hard in this situation. Yeah, you can't, live, you can't like, live a normal life. No, like, yeah. and even, like, relationally, like, that, I mean, I'm so sad. Like, that's not something I wanted at all. Like, that was hard. But I do think the lines that we put, we did the best we could. We did the date nights. And I do think that most of Abram's time coasted through that until he got put in hospice. And that's when stuff, I think, really blew up again. Yeah. Where marriage, it was the first time, I think, in our marriage that I was like, I mean, it's the darkest I think we've ever been in marriage. Yeah, for sure. So, again, like Ashley's alternating with grandmas through most of COVID of 2020, which Abram was diagnosed in January. So that takes us through 2020. Into 21, we get bad news that we're getting behind. Which but She said from the beginning, she said the only thing she doesn't want to see is you don't want to ever play catch up with neuroblastoma. Right. If you're ahead of it, she's not scared. The second you get behind it, it's not good. Right. And so we got behind. We got behind, but then I also was more involved yeah. in being up there because things were starting to... COVID was starting to be... It was still dumb, but I was <laughs> a, a little bit more relaxed where I was able to be there. More. And, and, and because of where Abram was, like it was like, I got to yeah. be there. Our staff was great about that at the hospital. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm getting an awareness of these limitations that we've got with the approach we're taking... And I'm being told I've got less and less things to fight for my son for. And when you get to that point of where the doctor says, I don't know what else we can do, 
like it's just not an acceptable answer as a parent. It's just and as a dad, I'm she had done way more research, so she kind of had. A, um, I had my plan B already. She had an understanding here, but I was not done fighting for my son. No how, way. How far in this in the like so going back to kind of the 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 journey? Where is this placed in that in that timeline? Yeah, so this is April of twenty one, probably. So how, a- far, how, far, how far in are we? It then? was after so that this, one treatment didn't work. So. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Experimental one. Mm. So diagnosed in January twenty. So this takes us to a year. April of twenty one. So we're fourteen, fifteen months in, and we've kind of thrown our last acceptable hail mary of treatment. We had two, and one. I mean, the first one didn't work, and then it was uh, the second uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Of this. Of the normalized, these are big things that could help. Yeah. So it was really our last. It was our last home. How long did That's that process it. go? So that last trial that you guys did, that what you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was how like, long was that? It was like March. We did two March, treatments. March we only did two before we scanned May. and it got worse. Yeah, March through May. So yeah. we had March break, and then into April, into May. Yeah. So about three months of a yeah. of a go. And we had well, a sense push. that that treatment was not working, yeah. just because you can just watch him and he's. Not doing great. You could see him deteriorating more. Yeah. Pain and... And so we were coming to a head of being told there's not much we can do. And I I didn't accept that. And so there was more things I was becoming aware of to keep fighting for my son and our darkest point of marriage. Because usually before we get to Abram diagnosis, like if we had an argument or disagreement... Usually it would take, you know, somebody would relent and die to themselves for that language and come to the other person. And that would kind of break the break the wall. But in this instance, Abram, like for me as his dad to be told I could not fight for my son. And then for her as his mama to be told there might be something threatening how my son feels and he may not have much time left. Like, those were hills we were both going to die on. Yeah. So, like, for me, when he got put on hospice and we got to that point, like, Jack really wanted to do all all the natural things he could. And I didn't even necessarily disagree with that. Like, I, I think there's a lot of benefit in those things. I also think I had researched and known enough, like, by the time we understood these things, I did think it was a little bit too little too late, like, if that made sense. And so... You had already kind of lived that... Possibility a little bit. I mean, we learned all this stuff, yeah. and I'm processing it through the light of like mm-hmm. what I had known before. And so I think there's so much benefit to so many of those things we could have done earlier. And yet, what was hard for me when we got to this season was I'm told my son's dying, like that there's no other options. And so for me, I'm like, well, whatever time I have left with him, like I'm going to make sure he's comfortable. Like, and then also still. Like, still believing. Like, and I really did throughout all this, like, the Lord could heal him. But at that point, I had done all the research of the world. I had done all the stuff. And I'm like, unless the Lord does this, and I I believe he still can, and I I believed then that he could. And and he chose not to, but I I don't think that he couldn't have. Like, I I do believe our God can do that. And yet, so I sat in this place of, like, the Lord's going to do it or not. But what I can do as his mom is I was like, I'm going to keep him comfy, like as comfortable as I can, because this cancer is brutal, like it is painful and I'm watching my son hurt. And so 
the hardest thing was that we are both fighting for things that are really good. Like Jack is literally fighting to save our son's life. Like he's like, I'm not done. I'm going to fight with every natural thing. And I'm going to give him all these natural supplements and all this stuff. And I, and those things are good. And I absolutely believe they prolonged his life without question. And yet it's hard because then he'd get nauseous from some of them or throw up or throw up his feeding tube. And that's not fun to put back down. Like I got really good at it, but like it is traumatic. Like, so I wanted to mitigate as much suffering and he wanted to fight for our son to live. And yet we're both fighting for things like we both want our son to live, but I'm like, it's going to be God or not. And you want to be his daddy and rightfully so. And so we are such at war in this place and we're both fighting for these amazingly good things. And I, I, but we have never in our marriage, like we weren't going to let go. Like we were both fighting. It's our son's life. And so there was not a relent. And so, I mean, I still remember going out to that swing. That was when it finally happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm outside literally. I had this swing that was a really sweet place for me when everyone was sick. It's actually still really hard for me to go there now, but it's a kid's swing. But I would like go lay out there and just turn on worship because I was like, I can't, I couldn't, all the other stuff felt too much. And so that was my, my place with the Lord of just like, I don't get it. And I went out there and we had gotten a big fight about medicine. Like there was always that. I didn't want him to give him all the supplements and he wanted to do it and we would just fight. And it was hard and it was dark. And I just went out there and I'm like, I don't know what to do, Lord. Like I I was so broken. Like I wanted my son to live and I want my husband and I to be okay in this. And, and I will tell you that night, the Lord so clearly spoke to me. And this was this was the turning point of it. That at the end of the day, he was going to call him home or he wasn't. But who he's not calling home right now is my husband. And so for me to continue to war with him, like Abram's going to be okay. Like regardless, he's either going to heal him or he's going to call him home, but Abram is going to be okay. Like that was such a like spoken over. And then yet Jack, like we still have a life. Like there's still stuff that like, the repercussions of if we stay in this place, we're going to be so big. And I don't know what happened to you before you came out too, because you came out and I'm sharing all this. And I'm like, I can't do this because I need you. I mean, I remember that. And all of a sudden Jack's like, but I can give too. And we, he did like, that was, there's nothing else that other than like that God was just like, I'm for you. But yet it, it was months of really hard. And even then it, it wasn't, easy after that. But like, there was this place where I felt like I came and was like, Hey, like, I need you. Like at the end of the day, like we're in this together, whatever happens to Abraham, like he is going to be okay. Like he is. And yet you are my person here. Like, and so how, how do we do this? And so me being able to lay that down of like, if he needs to fight for his son and that, that was like kind of what the Lord gave me that night was just like, Hey, if he needs to fight for his son, for the rest, I just had this vision of like for the rest of our lives, him being upset with me that I prevented that. And I'm like, that's not worth it. Mm. Even if I don't agree. I, and I still to this day, like I, I think we both still stand what we do. Like I still to this day, I'm like, I would not have done that. Like I would not have given all the things. I would have gone 100% comfort at that point And just, but I still think that was good that we did how we did it. Which is wild because it's, it's very much, I hate to go back to this morning, <laughs> But it's the same thing that you kept talking about is like this, hey, the the this is how you gotta do it. 
This is who you are. This is what he, you're. You're not his mom. You're his dad. You're not his dad. I'm, yeah, I'm his mom. You're his mom. Yeah. And it's like it was like this weird. And then you're not the wife. You're the husband, right? And it's like this weird like. And so even just listening, I'll talk for the last however long that was. I don't know. <laughs> it was amazing. But it was the same thing that we came to this morning and trying to figure out, like, and I'd love you all to talk about that now and what that looks like. It's the most extreme version of it. Yeah. The most extreme it. version. Uh-huh. Like, yes, like, uh, yeah, me and my wife fought over, like, how we treat somebody, how we treat our daughter over soccer practice, right? This is the most extreme, like, who you are and who God made you be and what what we're doing and how we're interacting with all this. And y'all, I mean, y'all talked about it. It was perfectly, which is exactly the way we talked about this morning. I'd love to know, like, how that plays out now. Do you see it? Do you see it more quickly? Is it is it is it easier to function in those roles to where they still maybe come up? But not as yeah. much, or what does that look like? Like, God, it's wild. It's yeah, because exactly. you were doing, in some sense, exactly what you're supposed to do, which yes. is you're supposed to be as dad and fight, and, fight. and you're supposed to be as mother and 100%. be in comfort, you know? And then it came to a decision where literally the things you were supposed to be <laughs> wild. were a matter of life and death. Or, yeah, life or death, or how is death going to go? Depending on how you want to split yeah. that question. No, right? A- and I don't know if there's a more complex riddle you can give it up couple to try to figure out you know seriously yeah i i mean i think about that night like i walked out in that backyard and i was not done fighting and it took her in humility saying okay and then i softened because i was it's wild i was hard as a rock i was i was like there is nothing on this earth that will get in the way of me doing whatever i have to do for my son like nothing. And I love my wife, but I was, I, that was untenable for me to consider relenting for what I had to do. And she gave that to me and it was a hard give, but I, I had to have it. I, I don't know that we would have recovered. I think God like knew you. Like, I mean, like, I, I really do. Like, that was not my heart. It could have broke you. Yeah. Yeah. That was not like my if heart. You couldn't have I'm, gone that route. Yeah, I think she had I'm taken stubborn. that from you. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, because then it's like, okay, I mean, it only escalates in bad ways. And yep. so for someone that went down that road, I totally see how that's possible. Yeah. And I 100%. Don't, we both did then. I don't, I don't, I'm not heaping shame or guilt on no. anybody that did that because we were it's on. It's impossible. We were on. You have empathy for it. You're like, of course people don't make yeah, it. Yeah, like, we were. They're faced with something like that. And of course. It, it goes a little differently. Like yep. shift that, that night doesn't happen or a series of nights yeah. like that don't like, happen. We're maybe not even here doing this right now. Yeah. I mean, God knows what kind of thing because it's yeah. just too much to bear. Yeah, yeah the, I agree. With, without the Lord softening her in that moment, I mean, we were on the knife's edge of that yeah. path. There was no giving me walking out there. There was after she came to me like that, like there was, and it, I mean it wasn't perfect after that. Like anytime <laughs> he threw up, she blamed me, still me and the medicine. Right, yep. it's hundred percent true. Right, couldn't have been the cancer because he's not comfortable. Yeah, it's like he's not comfortable. He's throwing up, and so you're. I mean, like, that's not completely true. I definitely thought it was the cancer <laughs> and all this stuff. I think it was exasperated, and I still stand by that. Yeah. And that's okay. We Which, still disagree. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we still don't agree, and that's okay. Because you're still not the dad and you're nope. still not the mom. Right. But what we were allowed, just by the grace of God, just allowed to to proceed in that moment was just, we were allowed to 
pull the curtain back just a little bit and allowed to see just how for our son we were for and because and I mean I and that's what it was we were both fighting for him and that's what we realized yeah. it's funny how it works like that it's, mm-hmm. it, it was just a little shift in your understanding not a little but it was a shift in your understanding where you saw each other you saw it like okay this is what he's doing this is what she's doing and it we're just didn't thinking. mean you were going to do it a whole lot differently it just meant you weren't going to do it <laughs> yeah and it was still against yeah. one another it was yeah, still rough after that, other. but yeah. it was... Because you still had to do what you had to do. Yeah. We we realized we were fighting for the same thing. We were just doing it different, and that's what changed. So it didn't make it necessarily all that much easier, but it was easier because we knew we weren't warring fully against each other. It just looked different, and we had to figure that out. And so, like, we did. Like, you were so gracious that night, though, even. Like, you say that like the Lord softened him, like, even because I was floored when... I came to him and was just going to let him do... I'm like, fine. Like I, like, I can't do this. And so if you need to do this... I'm going to do everything I can for comfort, but if you need to do the meds. And he said, he was like, okay, if he throws up that day, like I won't. And that for me even, like, I mean, the fact that you did that, like you, you gave back. It wasn't just like, I mean, you came out hard, but you were softened too. Well, and you saw, like, I mean, my goal was not to make my son miserable. And I knew that. But that's what In you that were, moment. I maybe didn't know that before. I mean, I, I knew that, felt. but when you're warring, like you lose sight of like the person's heart. Like when you're fighting like that, like you... And that's what happened. Like, I think in those two or three months before that, like, we lost sight of each other's heart where it's like, I felt like he was against me. And then just this realization, like, no, that's not. Like, he wants his son to live. And like, hey, like, I want my son to be comfortable. Like, it was. Which I would imagine be completely normal because the energy and the focus is on Abram at that point. We're not not focused at all about each other. Yeah, you're like, you're in my way right now. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. So that happens. And then what happens after that? Like, what's the, the next practical things that started to occur what is yes yeah, so, like? i mean i go and this was mine to bear so i go headlong into you know anything holistic which is uh, a lot of work natural and it's 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 a lot of work just to learn all of it to absorb no, the information to oh do it actual all. okay talk about that yeah so we we were connected to like i said the functional medicine doctor and he through spending some time with abram and testing like there's some things he thought could help him. And the natural oncologist. It was both of them. Yeah. But, but to get Abram, I mean, these are all God-made stuff that either getting put in pills or liquids, but you still have to get them in Abram's body. Right. Which, which he had a feeding tube. He had a feeding tube. Which but you would think makes it easy, but it does not. <laughs> when you have a bunch of stuff that, like, you know, we've we've still got the the cups that we mix this stuff in. And so we'd, we'd take capsules apart. It was you. You say we. And is this, I mean, <laughs> you're talking to the doctor, you're just doing whatever. You, how does that work in that in that moment in the that space? The oncologist or the natural doctors? Both. Uh, the oncologist, sorry. I mean, no, both, at this yeah. point we're on hospice, they don't care what we're doing. You do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. And I don't care what they think yeah. either. We, we kind of yeah. got to a point they, where it was like, they already said there's you nothing left. You did your left. thing, okay. There's they, nothing left. They've told me they're out of, options and okay i'm not yeah. mad at them but i'm like but we were talking to the I'm other doctors done. about mix and like because there is stuff to that like you can't just mix all that stuff like it's not yeah so it's I, still it, medicine it, it, it's under the guidance of other people that uh, knew what they were talking about of the functional medicine doctor and uh then eventually the the natural oncologist the natural oncologist yeah that's fine <laughs> um so we weren't flying blind no it'd be impossible i feel like you know with was but there was a real sense of trial and error because he's gets sick a lot he's a 
yeah, he's an eight-year-old boy. He's super thin, super, his body's super distressed. And so trying to balance getting all this good stuff in him, but it could, it could upset his stomach and he throws up and that's traumatic. He gets upset. My wife he gets upset. upset when the feeding tube came out because then yeah. we had to put it back down and that's miserable. Yeah, so and it, that happened his often. His feeding tube went up his nose and so we could run like a food pump and get him nutrition. Which is great for all the medicines because we didn't, he didn't have to right. take them. So for, yeah, for the nasty taste of medicines, we just inject them and that was helpful. And so then we'd run in a syringe, you know, I'd come up, you know, under the guidance of our help. Just every day? Every day. Every oh, day. A couple I times a day. I so okay. wish, though, I will say, like, in anyone in this situation, hopefully not, like, on hospice, but just throughout it all. Like, if I did it again, 100%, I would have done a G button or whatever it's called. G, is that what it's called? G you button. You said that, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, and yeah. I, I know I told you all that. I don't know if I said that on a podcast, but, like. What is it? It's literally, like, instead of being through his nose, it's, like, in your stomach. Okay. And so we could give him all this stuff. If you would have thrown up all that stuff, like, all the trauma behind all that. And and the risk, and our doctor didn't want to do it because I asked about it a couple times, was that there is a risk of infection. Absolutely. And there's no risk of infection with a feeding tube. That makes sense. But I still, for quality of what it could have been, like, if I did it again 100% from early on, because he had a feeding tube from the summer of 2020 until when he died. I mean, his life was, it was over a year with the feeding tube where I'm like, the stuff that we could have avoided that I think would have been so much more like that. Like, it wouldn't have been a fight about throwing up. I mean, like, I wouldn't have wanted to throw up. Like, there still probably would have been a fight. Like, that that probably would have been a tension. And yet, the biggest struggle with him being so upset about the feeding tube, you know, and there's just stuff that could have been avoided that I yeah. think, I wish we would have done different. Yeah, if... If we knew the whole picture. Yeah, and we didn't. Because when you're in it, you're like, well, that will require surgery. That will require him. But he was under so many times. We could have. Anyway. We, we could have. But but then the idea is like, well, if we're about to get better, why do we need to yeah. punch a hole in the stomach? Sure. Like, we're not going to be here for long. Sure. Right. It's always the hope. And Yeah. And then. Yet still, I'm like, even if we would have, it still probably would have been worth it. Had we known how it would have gone, we would have. it would have made a ton of sense. Yeah. So how did it go? The, the process day to day with that medicine. Yeah, so it was a medicines ass whooping. I mean, it was taking these capsules apart, mixing and them in liquid. You say we, you did, and that was a fight too because yeah. he would get exhausted by it, but I wasn't agreeing with it. So, and so I'm pretty much doing it on my yeah. own a couple times a day. I think that's true. And it was a real challenge, and so I'd get like this huge syringe. Try and mix it all up. It's thick, and, and so it's, it doesn't always go through great. It's granular, so then I like try and inject it, get and it get clogged, and then blow up everywhere. Like all the work you just did. Yeah, and then or then he'd feel nauseous, and then he'd throw it up. All the work. Oh, he'd throw it up, <laughs> and that was. That was not good. I mean, just an ass whooping, and I was I wouldn't do it any different. Yeah. Uh, but it was an incredible burden. Yep. And you know, you know, I'm juicing. We got a juicer, um, juicing meta, you know, stuff, and that's taking hours and putting it through his feeding tube, and then, but then I do too much, and he'd feel nauseous, and then throw it all. I mean, it's just like can't win for losing. But I wanted, I, I had to, I had to try, and I, I didn't, I didn't know what else to do, and these are things I'm thinking could be helpful, and I'm, I mean, if there's something that could help him, I'm gonna do it, and whatever the cost to me, done. Like, not a problem. How long did that go on? A couple months. 
every day. It's like, whoa. I'd say two months. By the time we had that conversation. By the time we had the conversation where we weren't like completely at odds. It was three months. After that conversation? Yeah. And so we're basically... Three or four months. Because it it might Coexisting in a healthier way, but still not like... Sure. Great. Like, if that makes sense. Like, that conversation was incredibly healing where I'm like, we're on the same team-ish, but we were still really... I mean, like... I don't want to paint it different than what it was because it wasn't like that conversation and everything was better. No. Like we still disagreed. We still to this day. Like, I don't think we'll ever. And I think that's okay. I think it's too And yeah. yet yeah. when you're in it, it doesn't feel okay still. And, and this is all with the backdrop of watching our son wither away. And he's in and that's intense pain and a lot. Watching that as his yeah, parent just, is, I mean, that by itself was awful. It was awful. But I, I mean, again, I had, I had to do it. There was no not doing it. You think it helped? Yeah. I think it prolonged his life for sure. Yeah. Like, again, kind of what I we're do. talking about. I think there was. There, like, we're talking about, like, the way God made our bodies is incredible. And if you give our bodies some stuff to build it up, it's amazing. Yeah, because I don't disagree with all the stuff he did. Like, I just wish we would have done that from day one. I just think when we came at it so much so late, like, that's that's where we still this day disagree. It's not about what he gave him or like I think all those things absolutely are amazing. I think it was just that's where we still end up differing. And 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 ultimately where the Lord was like, hey, like he needs to do this. And and I do, I do think it prolonged Abram's life, like for sure. And I think it made him feel better. And I do not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we still disagree. Because if your body's doing better, you're gonna feel better. But that was kind of the other point with we were, I mean, initially told don't even do vitamin C. Yeah, and I'm like, we talked that, about that. That's so it's ridiculous wrong. And so, yeah, like I wish we could have tried to build him up the whole time yeah. versus just the destroy, destroy, destroy. It would be my head goes to it'd be really interesting to talk to him and to think through, like, hear what he. Uh, observed and all that kind of thing. Like yeah. you talk about uh, feeling better, you know, and I don't know, but I would, I think there's a thread of what would make me feel good is to watch my mom comfort me and my dad fight for me. I don't know what else I'd want to see in that moment if I was going through what he was going through and his just whole experience and uh, vantage point in this whole thing. Like, I don't know what else you would want to see if those were some of the last things you saw, like your mom being your mom and your dad being your dad, right? Never thought about like that. Abram was so gracious to us. <laughs> he was so gracious. He, <laughs> I mean, uh, the way he trusted us, because we put it, we put him through. I mean, not voluntarily but the stuff that was recommended for helping him was some of the most awful torture and he's looking at us like are you sure and we're telling him yeah but I mean as much as we can and that was awful I mean neuroblastoma is a cancer of the nervous system so like those those immunotherapies go to those nerve endings and so 
I mean, the that last immunotherapy one that we did that was that was the worst experience of my life. Like watching. I mean, I say worst. It's losing him, but worst experience in the hospital with him for sure. It's not even a question. I mean, it was literally like we we lit him on fire and said, "I'm sorry, you have to do this." And he was withering in pain because the immunotherapy is attacking all these. It's supposed to attack. It actually didn't work, and that's the worst part. Because, like, in our minds, it's like, if this works, like, it's worth it. And yet he was in so much pain. Yeah. I mean, I've never, yeah, it's. Yeah. And the, the hospital was so great. The second round of treatment, they figured out a way that we could sedate him. Which is huge. No other hospitals really do that, like, with this treatment. Like, it is known to be one of the most painful treatments for neuroblastoma patients with this immunotherapy and like even the top hospital, like very rarely will sedate a patient for it. And our oncologist watched him go through this and was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it like that again ever. Cause he was the first one. Like he brought this treatment to our hospital. Like they did all the training for Abram, like from the other hospital, like in New York. Yeah. And so they were like, we're going to do this for him. And cause we didn't want to travel if we didn't have to, like we knew our odds weren't great. And so we're like, we don't want to spend time away if we don't have to. And so they brought it there and the next one, and he, I guess he did two more. Did he do three or two? Did two. Under sedation? No. Oh, he only did two total. Yeah. So the next one, they did it and they sedated him. And like my favorite, this is not even related to marriage, but it was one of my favorite memories was afterwards. Another kid had to get it and he didn't have to do it awake. Wow. And Abram. Wow. Like his heart, like he loved that. He was like, I kept him from pain because of what I went through. Like he even like as a kid could see this story of like, I went through unthinkable pain. And yet he's like, but I did this and I helped someone else. And like the way he's wired, like that was so him. Like he's, that was such a comfort. And he talked about all the time to the degree we actually ended up buying this medal. It said like superhero and had our oncologist come give it to him. And it's still one of my favorite memories. Like, they came in and were like, here's your medal. Like, you prevented other kids from having to be in this pain. And, like, he – and we still have it. Like, I still have it hanging on his picture that's in the boys' room because he still share a room and they have all their three pictures. And I don't know. He was amazing. Yeah. It's not really related to marriage. I – a whole tangent, but he was awesome. But he was gracious to us. He was so gracious. I mean, he would – Gracious to everyone. Even, like, if I would – juiced a bunch and I gave him too much and he'd be like dad I don't I don't think you should give me so much juice next time <laughs> and like he would puked up everywhere like <laughs> you know, like and he was and I was like you know I think you're right bud uh, <laughs> and uh I'm sorry God. and I just like it was just like I so bad wanted to get him all the good stuff and, and he was never mad he was just no he was never mad at us and he 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 would let um, He'd let you know, though. Yeah. What he thought. Like, uh, Dad. Uh, Maybe not next time. My my stomach's feeling a little a little full right now. So having, you know, kind of gone up and down in the story, or this portion of it, and you guys having gone through all that, and and finding that kind of valley as a couple, right, and and making out of making it out basically of uh, the valley of the shadow of death where people just don't make it out of, right? A lot of bones down there. What do you take from that now? Like, does it, what, does, what does it look like now as, as a, a couple 
uh, with what you know about each other and what you've experienced and how you've accepted your differences. And uh, I mean, I would imagine there's a part of it where it's like, uh, what can you not do? Uh, what thing can come between you now? Yeah, I guess I'd hoped. I was like, well, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. But I think then there's grief. There's an arrogance in that kind of thinking. Like, hmm. yes, we can testify to the God's goodness and yeah. helping us make through that. But it's still a battle. Yeah, like it, not not We're, in a bad way. That battle is probably not the right word. But like, it's still you have to fight for your marriage. Yes, like just because we made it doesn't mean we'll make it. Like you have to keep. It's a continuous yeah. fight. Like it is hard. Like this right. world is hard. Even if you haven't lost a kid to cancer, even if like everyone that is in this life, like it is hard. Like that is in the Bible. Like if you look at it, like this world is broken and it is hard. And it's to think we're going to walk through with ease is, yeah, I agree. Like it's ignorant. And, yeah. So there was maybe a little bit of a, a relax in me of, well, I need her and I'm not going anywhere. And that's just as true, but without the concerted effort on my end, like it was, we were still, we're still bumping into problems. So I mean, we, we were in marriage counseling this week. We've uh, been marriage counseling since our first year of marriage, yeah. though. And I think everyone should be, for what yeah. it's worth. But yeah, like I'm, I'm so proud of my wife as my wife, and as a mom. And there's no one else I would want to do this with. However, if I, if I get lackadaisical and presumptuous with like I mean she can endure a lot but we still have to fight for it I guess you know despite everything we've been through but I do think I will say I think we've learned how to fight for it like like that was like if we could like that I do think is continuous like it's not that we got through that and get through anything I actually don't think that's true I think it's we learned how to fight for it where like this is worth it our marriage is worth it. And I think we do. Yeah. Not always well, but <laughs> we yeah. do. It yeah. seems like you guys, because of that, I mean, you went, you, you know that you're different. Yeah. And you know that you walk with God differently. You know that you yep. deal with grief differently. You know that you find joy in different things. And, and there's there's common ground, obviously, and all those things you find joy in and, and there's things you grieve together and kind of thing. But you do it very differently. And there's an acceptance in that. Yeah. And understanding. And there and probably empathy. wasn't that before, to the same degree yeah, that it is now. For sure. That yeah, changed. you kind of just do it all together, and we're a happy couple, and mm -hmm. they're my best friend, kind of thing. And 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 now it's like, no, that's Ashley, and that's yeah. Jack, and these are this is how they yeah. do it. And and I will learn say, to work alongside one another through this process yeah. is. I mean, he's still my best friend. Like it, that is. Sorry, I mean, yeah. No, but I mean, you know I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. is. He's still my best friend. I, and, I mean, I think that night on the swing, like that was very true. Like he is what the Lord has given me on this side until he says otherwise. And so I'm like, I'm so glad we are fighting for that. And we continue to fight for that. And it's messy. I mean, there's, it's messy. Yeah. I but mean, it's worth it. Like there, there's, it's messy, but there's also amazing sweetness in it. Like on this side now, in a depth that we did not have before, like when it is sweet, and it's waves. Like, and I think that's life. Like, I think that's every marriage. I don't think you ever arrive at some place in marriage where like, oh, we got it now. Like, now we're here. Like, I just, you don't know what's going to come in life. As, as much, if anything we learned, we like as much as we can stay for each other without trying to fix each other. Yes. 
we will win every time if we can do that. And we've gotten better at those conversations. Better-ish. But it's it's <laughs> it's hard and we need help. And Which is why we go to counseling. Yeah. And it's very helpful. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> to very To have hard. those conversations. Yeah. yeah. We, we need help. Because I think we both, the way we're wired, like want to be for each other. There's just a disconnect sometimes. And I think that's most marriages, whether you've gone through child loss but like everyone's gone through trauma like there's there's trauma in every marriage like that marriage doesn't exist without it like there is hard stuff and so I just I think about that and I'm like we all I think need someone to be referee to some degree and there's a safe place where you get to say things and counseling I think that's really helped us at least keep fine yeah yeah and we do because we, we both want that it's not it's not the lack of the same goal it's sometimes how to get there <laughs> <laughs>